Psalm 53, for the music director, according to the Machalic style, a well-written song by David. Fools say to themselves, there is no God. They sin and commit evil deeds. None of them does what is right. God looks down from heaven at the human race to see if there is anyone who is wise and seeks God. Everyone rejects God. They are all morally corrupt. None of them does what is right, not even one. All those who behave wickedly do not understand. Those who devour my people as if they were eating bread and do not call out to God, they're absolutely terrified, even by things that do not normally cause fear. For God annihilates those who attack you. You are able to humiliate them because God has rejected them. I wish the deliverance of Israel would come from Zion. When God restores the well-being of his people, may Jacob rejoice. May Israel be happy. I read today from the Net Bible, uh, Psalm 53 is almost identical uh, to Psalm 14, which is one that we read a while ago. Um, you might remember um, the part at the beginning uh, where it says, um, fools say to themselves, there is no God. Uh, it's a very memorable line that's repeated here. And uh, if you go verse by verse, practically the whole thing is the same. Uh, until you get to um, verse 15, or verse 5, I mean, in, in 53. And then there's some divergence, um, but that's about it. Um, so how did that happen? How is it that two nearly identical psalms were copied uh, and have been copied for millennium um, at, you know, somewhat <laughs> somewhat great expense? It costs... Um, uh, it cost quite a bit in ancient times to create the... Uh, the papyrus or the um, the medium on which you'd write, and then uh, the time of the scribes to read and write it out. And uh, you'd think that someone would have looked at these and said, well, these are virtually identical. We'll just pick one and keep it, especially since this is a collection of psalms. I mean, if you have Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 and they're virtually identical, that means there's probably some other psalm that was left out um, that could have been included. Um, so when I was reading these psalms and realizing that they were nearly identical, uh, uh, I took a little bit of time to lay them out in parallel um, to see exactly what differences there were. And then I asked a question, um, first of myself, uh, which was, um, uh, which of these psalms came first? Which is the original, or closer to the original? Probably neither one of them is exactly the original. They've all been copied, uh, but which is a little bit closer. And uh, then I asked on the Biblical Hermeneutic Stack Exchange site uh, where I'm a moderator. Um, and then as I was thinking, I decided to go ahead and answer it myself. And uh, so I wanna give a brief summary of why, uh, um, why I think one of these Psalms is older than the other. Uh, the first thing is um, scribes tend to be very conservative. And so if they found a bit of text uh, that they didn't understand, um, we have a lot of evidence that they would just go ahead and copy it. So there's some really strange um, things in the Hebrew. Uh, it doesn't exactly line up the way you'd expect. seems like it might be easier to correct or just sort of leave out in some cases, but the scribes were very diligent and kept those things in. And the very first thing we see in Psalm 53 is it's a slightly longer uh, superscription, a little introduction explaining what the psalm is. So... Uh, both 14 and 53 have for the director of music by David, that part. 
And then uh, Psalm 53 adds this according to the Macheleth style, a well-written psalm. And um, we actually don't know exactly what it means by the Macheleth style, uh, but we suspect it's a musical term. Um, it actually might be an instrument. That's what some suggestions are. Uh, you could uh, re... <clears throat> Uh, you could translate it a little bit differently uh, to say upon the macheleth, which would make it an instrument. It could be a style of song, as this translation suggests. It could be something we don't even know, um, but presumably had something to do with uh, the way it was performed. Um, so since scribes were unlikely to remove stuff, that means it's more likely that 53 had some more information added, that perhaps when Psalm 14 was uh, first written down, it was still an active performance. And when Psalm 53 was first written down, um, they need a little bit of help uh, to remind the musicians what um, you know, what style or what instrument to use. Uh, the second thing is um, Psalm 53 consistently changes Lord, which is the, um, the way that English translations render the tetragrammatron uh, into, into God. Uh, so in other words, in, in Hebrew, um, we don't know exactly how the word is pronounced. Some In English, we call it uh, Yahweh or sometimes Jehovah. Um, that's the personal name of God. That's sort of what we've come to understand God uh, naming himself. Like I name myself John, God names himself Yahweh. Uh, and then um, it's uh, changed in this psalm every time in 14. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's changed because I'm assuming 14 is first. Uh, it's changed from uh, Yahweh to just the generic uh, word for God. And the word for God is Elohim, uh, which is, uh, it actually goes back perhaps probably uh, to Canaanite gods, Canaanite religion. Uh, but in, in, the, in the Hebrew language, it was just sort of a generic term for God. And then, um, uh, and then that's the way Psalm 53 translates it. Um, we don't know exactly why. Uh, Jewish tradition um, today is that uh, you shouldn't speak the name, um, the name that we translate Lord. And then uh, it also, um, the tradition is also that you should be very careful about how you write it or where you write it, because if uh, where you write it um, gets um, messed up in some way, that's sacrilegious. Uh, it's destroying the name of God, which is obviously not good. Um, so it could be that we have a pious psalmist who took Psalm 14 and said, well, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with using the personal name of God and, um, and transcribe that to God. Um, so that's another argument. Um, it's harder to figure out how it would go the other way, although I suppose uh, 53 could be a very ancient Canaanite poem, and then someone um, updated it so that it's more specific to the monotheistic God. Uh, but that seems unlikely. That would make 53 um, one of the most ancient um, psalms uh, around. <laughs> um, so it seems more likely that what happened is that it went the other direction, that someone changed all those um, lords into God. And then um, the third thing that I pointed out, um, which is a little bit tenuous, there's one major change in verse 5, and it um, alters the, uh, the tone of the psalm. Psalm 14 um, talks about how God will uh, defend the godly. 
And Psalm 40, uh, 53 talks about uh, the utter destruction of God's enemies. In fact, um, the word annihilate that uh, translated in English is annihilate actually means to scatter the bones. Um, so the idea is uh, you win a military victory and then you just scatter the bones of, of the defeated enemies. You don't bury them. Um, or just a form of desecration, uh, bones desecrated wherever you put them. And so this would be a, a total uh, total defeat. And um, so it's a different, it's just a different tone. And, and uh, you might, the way I think about it is perhaps when the Israelites felt secure or felt threatened, I should say, but they were in their, you know, in their country. They were in Jerusalem. They were in um, Israel. Uh, they would be praying for God to defend them against their enemies that they could see coming. Um, but if they had already been put in captivity or perhaps they'd suffered a bunch of defeats, then they might think more in terms of vengeance. I'm not sure about that. That's a little bit speculation. Um, but I think the three of those things put together, and especially um, the additional instructions uh, to help make the psalm um, more usable as, as music, is my speculation, and the change to uh, respect the name, the personal name of God, uh, I think those um, indicate that Psalm 53 is, is a reworking of, of Psalm 14's material. Uh, it's still a little bit odd that the person who compiled the psalm, psalms would leave both of them in. Um, it's something I hadn't really, honestly, hadn't noticed before. Um, there's at least one other case of this, uh, which we will discuss uh, later when we get to it. Um, but it's a little bit odd. And why this one? I mean, this is a perfectly fine one. The, the first line about fool says in his heart there is no God is... Uh, is a pretty um, pretty striking thing, um, but otherwise it's not doesn't stand out as one that I would particularly want uh, two nearly identical copies of. Um, and I think what it comes down to is just the respect that the scribes had for the text that was uh, handed to them. That there was a point where this text had become sacred, and you couldn't remove Psalm fifty three um, because it was part of the sacred text. And you couldn't remove Psalm 14 because it was part of the sacred text and they were different enough that you just kept both of them. Um, anyway, I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I will include links to my question and my answer. And if you have a different uh, answer to this question, I uh, certainly encourage you to include it um, because anyone can write an answer to a stack exchange question if they'd like. Well, this has been a longer episode making up, I suppose, for me being too exhausted to record yesterday. Uh, we'll see if I can uh, get back in the swing of things. Um, I think I needed some rest, uh, a sort of Sabbath from the Psalms again uh, this week. And maybe I'll just make that a regular habit, pick one day a week to take a Sabbath. Um, although I'm a third of the way through, so how hard can it be? We'll just push ahead. So anyway, I'll talk to you next time. Bye.